Hey there, Jacob here from That Time We Woke Up at a Podcast and Had to Explain Manga, our heated adventures over analyzing manga we find interesting, aka the Overmanga Cast. Say, do you like almost comedically tragic backstories, casts filled with sad boys, and a surprisingly heartfelt and personal journey? Well then, boy, do I have a manga for you. March Comes In Like a Lion by Chika Umino. We read chapters 1 through 13 this week, and I'm pretty sure someone vaguely mentioned Shogi or something. Yeah, we got a little sassy with this episode, so strap in and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Overmanga Cast. My name is Sam, and as always, here at the top of the show, we talk about our familiarity with the uh, franchise we read this week. Uh, this one, complete unknown to me. Uh, we were just looking for something new to read. Matt found this, and we're like, yeah, that looks um, interesting. Let's give it a shot. And I assume that is the result for everybody. Yes? Affirmative. Yeah, to clarify, this might have been a listener recommendation. Um, I can't remember. <laughs> I'm real sorry. A professional would have looked this up before the episode, but um, I never admit my mistakes or ever back down. So have fun with that. <laughs> also, <laughs> professionals are paid. That, that too. <laughs> Send us money. We would, we would put a lot more effort into this uh, podcast if, uh, if you donated to the Patreon we don't have. I, I also appreciate podcasts that start out in the first 30 seconds begging for money. <laughs> <laughs> this episode brought to you by a lack of dignity have you ever wanted to just panhandle what <laughs> <laughs> a podcast the over manga cast i mean that's like 30 percent of the internet anyway nowadays manga is expensive that's just being a twitch streamer anyway we're get we're losing the thread already <laughs> that's okay the manga doesn't really keep a, a tight hold on the thread either <laughs> Yes, uh, we open up with a pretty strong opening page of some uh, figure speaking to presumably our protagonist, uh, saying that uh, his name means zero, and that is applicable to him. No home, no family, no school, no friends, just a zero. And uh, that's the level of kind of mope that we're, that we're going to be going at. Uh, that's our baseline. I don't know why I'm being so mean. It's not that I hated this. It's just it's very easy to be to be mean. Look, look we got our boy Ray Kirayama and he oh man, this this manga loves its like artistic sad boy panels Ooh, to like yeah. like to the point I see this mocked in like other things. It's obviously not referencing this. It's referencing just the cliche of you don't understand. I feel like I'm running against the tide just swimming but why am i swimming why do i play shogi why do i swim in shogi and swim shogi swim 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 ah, i'm dying <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that kind of gets into uh this is this is a general vibe that i feel permeates through the entire manga and there there are places where there's like distinct spikes of this but uh sort of my overview of this is this feels to me like it was written coming from a place of very genuine, very personal grief. And I feel that like there's a sincerity to it that makes it it makes the whole hard to mock. But boy, do individual parts of it just seem like it's it's asking for it. Oh, I have to agree. It's like a almost a self insert, if not self. It's definitely somebody that this 
person that the um, author has encountered in their life and just wanted to kind of pay homage or like comment on of this state of being of yeah well we'll we'll dive into later on but you know the trope of being alone and feeling as if you are alone even though as we'll explore he's not really he's very much not yeah there there is a there is a weird air of this manga where it seems like it is a nothing but a parade of sad boy feels when most of the people in this manga are exceptionally lucky and have and should be like with the people in their lives be living extremely happy and privileged lives like there's so much love for the characters from other characters i yeah that's that's my general vibe here in that this manga is presumably about shogi but it's actually not it's about dealing with grief and like tragedy and how that can impact just trying to live a normal life and that's fine the problem is we get these heartfelt scenes from like it's not just the main character it's like the thesis statement of this manga is tragedy is relative which is Mm -hmm. cool but the problem is while you're reading it it's oh aren't i so unlucky and awful and i'm like no your your life seems pretty good and like the things they complain about will then like two chapters later be revealed oh by the way um they're not completely an orphan they've got extended family that are around them or like oh yeah even in this first chapter here we're our our main character is you know having a shogi match the gentleman that he's speaking with is not immediately introduced but then he's on his way home and he gets a really cheerful message you know inviting him to come over we're having dinner and we're really excited to have you you know you should come over and his first instinct is to say no i don't want to do that i i'm too busy moping (sighs) yeah which is understandable but so my reading on that wasn't that he was trying to cancel because he didn't want to go my reading on that was he didn't want to go because he didn't want to be a burden on someone which is why what happens is he gets a text later from the family who's basically adopted him. Uh, spoiler alert. But it's um, she says, hey, by the way, we're out of eggs and we're out of pickles. We're having curry tonight. So this is something we need for dinner. And that's what prompts him to go. Well, if they need it, I better go get it for them. Yeah, it. Mm-hmm. It's very much the case where, so this opening scene definitely is what got me invested to basically read the whole thing straight through in like about one and a half settings because like, you know, I'm not going to lie. There have been cases where it's like, hey, you could go have social interactions and, and, and not be a sad hermit. And then I feel a, feel a reflex to like, but I don't want to, it's safe in my bubble sort of thing, which mm-hmm. I like, that's, that's how I felt about it. And that's perhaps a level of pr- projection. But then the fact that it's like the, the family that's adopted Ray, the one who sent the initial message immediately reads what he's going to do and circumvents his sad boy nature. It's like, my God, you are so lucky to have these people in your life. <laughs> like you are so freaking blessed and there's almost a level of frustration in the fact that uh, he does seem to be at least some level aware of how lucky he is mm-hmm. and like it definitely loves its sad boy panels but it doesn't ever get morose uh, well there, there's a couple of places where it gets <laughs> it, it, it gets it really has- freaking dark but it's like those those are like boy i'm gonna have to unpack that later sort of like sequestered moments 
where but like his general demeanor it's like i i I think he's aware of how lucky he is and that's maybe the thing that kept me from hating him because i had a bit of reflexive oh man you'd better be grateful for this sort of yeah the thing that struck me about the opening chapter is you know there's the thing of like a year is zero you've got nothing and then he wakes up in his empty mostly unfurnished apartment he goes uh and walks through the town which looks very empty there's no people around he goes to the shogi hall and which has almost nobody there he plays against the one guy and it it all feels incredibly lonely until he goes to uh the house of our other set of main characters uh the kawamoto sisters yeah and even then even in again going back to that opening scene the the guy he's playing against isn't just some regular guy who's expressing regular small talk he's actually you know asking about his well-being like are you how are Mm. you doing you know it's directed towards the main character which again only emphasizes more strongly that there are people who are concerned about your well-being you're not alone you're not living completely in isolation you have people reaching out to you asking about how you are doing you don't have to you know necessarily solicit yeah. As perhaps as much as he seems to, I don't. He I don't feels believe. like he feels like social interaction is a burden on the other person, despite which they're is, the ones that are initiating, and he yeah. doesn't have yeah. to initiate. And to be fair, if it were only Ray, I would chalk that up to the manga wanting sad boy energy. But it seems like a lot of characters in this have the same kind of thing where they're so wrapped up in their own like grief. That they're incapable of noticing, like, hey, maybe <laughs> not only experiencing, like, if we could just look outside of that, we could realize things are actually pretty okay. Yeah, it's it's interesting in in that regard, because um, it is sort of, you know, the thesis statement of the manga, different ways of coping with uh, grief. I think another important thing to note is that his opponent in that shogi match, uh, as Jay said, it was not just some just some random guy it was uh revealed subtly through the dialogue that that was his that was uh somebody he considers a father and i'm like okay not your real father so like a so like a step parent or like an adoptive father it's like okay i'm starting to piece together why is sad boy sad orphan gotcha and then that seems to be a trend unfortunately that is a trope there are a lot, lot of orphans in lot, this. A lot of orphans in this. <laughs> but uh, we meet uh, the Kawamoto sisters. Uh, we have Akari, the oldest. Hinata, the middle sister uh, in middle school, so slightly younger than Rei, who is in high school. And then Momo, the little sister, the preschooler. And also their cats. They're cats who we also learn are strays. Who were strays. Mm. I freaking love the animals in uh, like the background animals because they always have their their thoughts are expressed in words. And it's like their dialogue is great. Feed me. I am starving. Are you feeding (laughs) me? Is it your turn? I have not been. I've had nothing but water for three days. (laughs) And then a little arrow pointing. This is a lie. <laughs> yeah, which which is where I started to get confused because the the manga sets a very powerful um theme of a, a very powerful emotional tone of like loneliness and this sort of sense of isolation, and then it becomes extremely chaotic with the crowded panels of the sisters and the 
pats and you know everything gets a sort of a sketchy aesthetic to it there's lots of speech bubbles it's kind of hard to pay attention to what's happening like it feels like a crowded room with a lot of energy in it this is this is not the only time the manga will very suddenly have huge tone shifts like even in this same scene they've got the tv on and the reporter talks about how uh, a student like brutally murdered his father with a hammer yeah. yeah, and Ray's just like, that's like what I did when I beat my foster father in Shogi earlier. Yeah, there's also a lot of self-doubt and, yeah, continuing that theme of, you know, self-blame and you're... Yeah, and also Ray hearing other people's problems and going, no, mine are worse because I'm a liar and every like, mm-hmm. he somehow yeah. makes everything about his grief. Yes, which is substantial. I mean... We learned, you know, throughout this reading, you know, more about his backstory, but I don't know if it's a culmination of not just his very tumultuous, you know, I don't want to say adoption, but his settling because he did lose his, you know, biological family Hmm. years, years ago. Um, still tragic and not saying that, you know, there should be anyone to fill that spot, but he was never, I guess, afforded an opportunity to really process as, you know, they kind of, I think a little bit explore that he was never allowed to really have that sink in. Um, it was just focus Mm -hmm. on the next thing, focus on surviving. What is your next step? What is your next move? So to speak. I think one element that's sort of important is and this is some, this is something that was like more of a vibe to me until it's been us discussing it has put it into words. One of the things I can't that like I sort of feel from this is a lot of the places where it gets the most sad boy e, it feels like a, a, a bout of intrusive thoughts. It feels like the kind of self doubt that you know it uh, that will just like. I, you know, I'll sp- just speaking for me personally, sometimes, you know, you, you get those moments where you where you start staring into the abyss uh, despite your best efforts and you start thinking about how you're, you know, no one can comprehend your tragedies. And then, you know, life moves on and you realize, yeah, no, OK, we're, we're just going to move on with the day. You know, like that that sort of thing happens sometimes. And because Ray hasn't had at, uh, he hasn't had a, uh, you know, sort of healthy outlet to. Uh, process a lot of backstory we'll get into as the as the reading goes on he seems only vaguely aware that that's what's happening to him you know again he he doesn't seem he doesn't seem completely oblivious to this idea that like maybe he's taking himself a little too seriously well it's also the fact through his interactions with his i guess you could say his his new newfound family yeah is he kind of, as he interacts with them, he finds little tidbits more about the trauma and the sufferings that they're that they're experiencing, that yeah. and he finds more in common with that. He's just like, oh, they also, you know, are dealing yeah. with inner turmoil too. I know what that's like. It's not just me. And it's like, no, sometimes, you know, talking to people and you know, letting people know how you are feeling. They're like, oh, I know how that feels, and there's a camaraderie in that. Yeah, it, you're 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 not a burden uh, sharing your grief with another, you know, that's a that's a point of human connection. 
all of which uh, gets revealed uh, once we get out of chapter one <laughs> in due time. We only read chapter one. <laughs> <laughs> this entire really, episode is just about chapter one. Which really just makes Jay and um, Jacob's monologues all that more amazing. Like, <laughs> wow, you guys are really insightful to get that from the first chapter. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, Chapter one ends um, with, with a very uh, melodramatic panel or a series of pages. Um, he falls asleep at the Kawamoto sister's house and uh, Hinata goes to like tuck him into bed and notices that he's crying in his sleep. And we get the nighttime shot of the river in like the Tokyo skyline <laughs> with his name, his age, and his his professional shogi rank. And I'm like, God damn. <laughs> this is like Chihayafuru with the angst cranked up by like 300%. I, like, it's like, it's Chihayafuru, but the game that the story is supposed to be about is replaced with angst. Like, yes, <laughs> that's what this is. Yes. I was about to say, Chihayafuru is lighthearted and fun most of the time. This was... <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's a girl something. in a love triangle, and this is just oh gosh. <laughs> this is I like. This is I can fix him porn, really. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're not uh. wrong. I mean, to be fair, these people are absolutely like capable of being okay. So, but like that is what this is. Yes. Mm. You know, you think they're okay, and then three chapters later, it reveals why they're not okay. Yes, mm. then every, then someone's crying. I mean, good for you, but it's like, everyone's fine, everything's normal. Now someone broke down crying. Okay. Then we open the next chapter with my favorite panel, which is just a cat owl. <laughs> yeah, the cat owl is staring. <laughs> um. uh. So after a very hectic morning, uh, Ray goes off to uh, school. Uh, we learned that he originally did not go to high school, but then uh, ended up re-enrolling uh, after a while. We get this through some dialogue with his teacher. Um, <laughs> Boy, this character sure sure is a character. Hayashida <laughs> Sensei sure is something. <laughs> I, I like how by the end of our reading, I knew more about Hayashida Sensei than I did about Ray. It was weird. <laughs> yeah, it was it was really weird and yeah. Well, I was just I was just going to say I don't know where they're going with this character. Like I don't know what his his point in the story is. Matt, with you saying that, I wouldn't be shocked if we find out later that he has some like sad, dramatic, hidden backstory of great tragedy or some oh, such nonsense. I don't know. The commonality they seem to have is every, you know, adult male adult figure has a connection through shogi. Either they played when they were younger or they know somebody who played who was younger. So it's very prolific through everyone Ray seems to interact with, which is interesting. I mean, from an American or Western perspective, you know, do we know anyone or know too many people who play chess professionally? Yeah, I, that was the whole thing when they went how the how being a professional shogi player works. Like you get paid per the match. And I was just blown away by how that works i mm -hmm. i don't understand because <laughs> i i understand they like, compared it to like a boxer or um i forget the other sport that it's like you get paid by the match but i'm like yeah because you sell tickets to those matches that's where the revenue is coming from how is this just being paid out by like an endowment to the arts or like 
Yeah, and I can and I can fully understand the cultural significance, and you know, I'm not trying to knock it, saying, "Oh no, no one, you know, no one would watch Shogi on TV." But it's like there there are televised there are like televised matches, but like, is it that does it bring in that much money that (laughs) like you can you can survive on a lump sum at the end of the month for all the matches you played that month? Like, well, not only that, we find out Ray is making like more than his teacher makes. So. Yeah, he is, he is like a very talented player, as as they say multiple times. He's very talented. So it's not exactly shocking that, you know, he went pro at a young age, that he's able to make a salary wow. that he's able to live off of. And but it, I think for at least this is my interpretation, it was just very interesting how it's appeared that everyone that In Ray encountered life. had a connection to Shogi. I, w- I will point out, you said very talented, which is kind of true for Ray is the problem. Well, are you talking about outwardly or inwardly? He was trained well. I think that's something that we kind of like learn later on, though, is that the way, especially like when we start our reading, though, it's kind of framed that he was kind of a prodigy. But we learn later on that that is not the case. He's just very intense at studying and practicing. And again, drawing on that, this was something that made sense and was a form of survival for him. Right. Hayashida Sensei. He's an interesting foil to Ray because um, they have similar like character designs, but like everywhere where Ray is like darkened out or concealed somewhere, uh, Hayashida is like light colored or revealed like uh, Ray has the anime glasses concealing the eyes. Uh, Hayashida does not. And Hayashida, notably, one of his main character traits, not a whit of tact about him. No subtlety at all. <laughs> yeah, he just says what's in his head. Mans has a coffee filter between his brain and his mouth. <laughs> yes. He happens to follow the professional shogi scene. So when uh, Ray ended up becoming his student, he's like, wait a minute, you're, you're that Ray, Kiriyama. Yo, that's wild. Yeah, and that's why I was like the little uncanny that is just, I don't, I don't know. Um. This is an area of weakness for myself. I do not know how prolific the passion for shogi is in Japan. <laughs> but Me neither. Apparently, it is enough that uh, it has basically consumed every aspect of this boy's life, except for his friendship with the Kawamoto sisters. Ooh. But uh, we have uh, several more um, slice of life shenanigans going with this. Uh, we are... In uh, chapter two, we get introduced to Hayashida and also (laughs) my favorite character for how outside of the like tone of the manga he is, (laughs) Nikaido, Ray's shonen rival. See, that's the funny thing, because I he is giving off the entire wrong genre energy and I'm so about it. I love this guy. Well, like that's sort of the funny thing, because I buy that because like. This guy is the guy who thinks that shonen logic works in real life. So, like, I honestly feel, feel like he fits in better than the than the teacher, because <laughs> the teacher the teacher's just weird. I get uh, Nikaido on like a spiritual level. <laughs> like, I understand. I understand the warped way his brain works. He's literally arguing that according to the shonen storyline, we are best friends. He's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> we are best friends and also bitter rivals. <laughs> he, he, he's great. 
did, he did means you, well. I, did you break you into sweet? my mailbox? Did you break into my mailbox and open my mail just That's so you could have this? <laughs> just so you could have the dramatic reveal that we are going to be in another match together? I broke the law for you. That means we're best friends. <laughs> By the way, you got any snacks? <laughs> he is a rotund, rotund uh, young man. Gentleman. Yes. Yes. Mikado is Mikado's a strange boy. He he he's he also has very a, sheltered, which is yeah. yeah. He has he has a butler, and he wanted to give his butler some time off, so he sent him on an around the world in eighty days trip, which we will find out later did not come to fruition. Did they actually do? They only gave him eight days for that like trip, right? No, no, it was it was supposed to be eighty days. We find out later it didn't work out that way. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. Yeah, he has a very dedicated butler who apparently is so involved that he monitors his young master's digestion habits. Well, I this is this he's is seen some... throughout. Yeah, he's based off of a he's based off of a real world shogi player, uh, and he is he's like his his physique is based largely around him having a chronic illness that I have a feeling is probably going to kill him before the manga ends. Yeah. Got got a lot of best friend going to die energy. Yeah, coming off of him. With that, we're introduced to uh, most of our uh, important characters. Uh, we have another chapter of some more shogi shenanigans with more shonen characters. Uh, Ray, yeah, Ray's buddies, basically. Again, this guy has so many people in his life who just care about him. Like. I love how much they try and villainize these two guys who are like, hey, you're the person who won. That means you got the big payout. That means you're treating us to dinner. And they're like, oh, these two are just constantly like, and it turns out what happened was early on, Ray went out with like some upperclassmen's weird because they were like adult men, but that that's just how it works. In, yeah, in uh, the sport, true. in the sport, they were like your upperclassmen. And he something. went out, he went out, out drinking with them and they forced him to drink. And then he got like real drunk as a high he, school student. He <laughs> is only 17. So I don't know when this happened, but I assume he was maybe like 16. Uh, or uh, let's not get too far 15. into how this timeline must work. Because... Uh, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. A bunch of <laughs> older people who were in their later 20s maybe 30s were trying to get a teenager to drink yeah but and went about as much as you thought it would go we will come up to that later but like the two of that it's these two guys are constantly like you're underage no you're gonna have juice but you still won against both of us uh so well they're still paying for the drinks the thing the thing that i like though is that the i have another basically shonen character and the blonde guy basically tricks him into paying instead, which I have a feeling, given the dynamic between the two of them, was the plan all along, because he's also the one who suggested Ray pay. This, to me, is such a case of, like, it's setting up that, like, oh, these people are, like, a, a point of suffering for Ray. And it's like, no, they're not. They they actually like him. They're actually friends, you know, and then it's it flashes back to the dark place that Ray had previously yeah. been as a point of contrast. We all, we also get brought up like Ray does not have any problems with money. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, like it's a he's lucrative doing, career. He's doing fine off his pro shogi uh, paycheck, but uh, they end up going to the bar and also running into Akari, which leads me to actually question now. What does she do? 
She's a hostess for her aunt's hostess club. Yeah, it's revealed ah. later that her that they have a, a business down in Ginza, which is the rich, richer part of Tokyo or whatever. So she also does that. She also has another job. Yeah. But that's why yeah. that's why she was in like the black cocktail dress and was being so nice to them. And why he constantly said she's like a completely different person. But then she broke character to talk to him like, oh, by the way, thanks for picking mm -hmm. up the eggs i forget what she thanks him for in this scene i think it's, it was it the key really, i think it was it, the keys yeah it doesn't really matter. it doesn't matter it's the, to wrap the cakes the other day yeah it yeah. It, uh, uh, it was thank you for a cute mundane thing that you did sort of moment yeah actually she's yeah. the same person it's like yes she is very much trying to do this job well she's she's two very different people and ray has a little bit of a crisis going on because he's deeply attracted to both of them yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but also doesn't feel like he's worthy of being loved. He goes on that little pity party right there. It's mm -hmm. everything you can imagine. It's grief. It's also, I don't deserve love. I don't have any friends. I'm alone. I don't want to be a burden. Yeah. I mean, Ray, Ray is clearly just got depression going on, like pretty oh, bad yeah. depression. Oh, so bad. He d kind of offhandedly mentions when he moved into his new apartment, he didn't even bother buying furniture for a while because what was the point? And I'm like, buddy. Money's mm -hmm. not a problem for you. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> Buy some curtains. Why do you not have curtains? Because that because then I would have to go out into the world and experience life. I have mm -hmm. newspaper I can just tape up. He literally would hold himself up in a like little isolated corner so he didn't have to see the window. So it was just pitch dark and he no windows, no light, no anything. I'm not sure if this is just like manga brain taking over, but his apartment also looks pretty nice compared to like other things we've seen. Like Zom 100. Looks, his apartment looks nicer than the sister's apartment or uh, house. It, I think it's a sort of weird thing of like it's not furnished, so it looks bigger. Yeah, that might be true, too. Plus, we only see the common areas of the sister's house. Like they all have rooms mm. is the yeah, other thing. That's also true. It's a proper it's a proper quote unquote family house. Meanwhile, he just has, you know, the unfinished apartment, apartment. Yeah, that, yeah, looks very much the same as it did when he first moved in. Yeah, I mean, and and as to as the as to the whole like unfurnished apartment thing, uh, I joke about being a hermit as someone who has actually dealt with depression in the past. Like I, I do uh, to a, a great degree identify with that very unfounded feeling of, you know, I'm undeserving of love, no one loves me, when the people who love you are surrounding you and telling you it's going to be okay, and it just bouncing off the illogic armor, basically. Uh, you know, that's that's why I said early on that, like, this this comes from a very, a, a very, very sincere place. And for all of the, like, aggressive sad boy energy, for all of the pages you could take individually, and pretty easily ridicule i do feel like there is the real emotion there like the mangaka experienced some and is working through it in part via this manga and i feel it and it definitely it definitely helped me uh you know work through this because like it's pretty complicated there there's a level of not liking the protagonist because of how lucky he is to have all these people in his life but still feeling like he deserves to be alone <laughs> like yeah. it's it's hard to square that but like oh that don't is worry the reality. We'll, we'll come up with backstory to justify it later 
Except yeah. that backstory will also feel like, what the <laughs> f- are you talking about, kid? <laughs> but yeah. anyway, they continue to have their little, I guess you would call it, date of, outing. The little slice of life adventures, yeah. A- Akari kind of goes into, you know, his friends, as rowdy and annoying as Ray seems to find them, are really good people. Go into how Akari and Ray kind of became acquainted on another outing. The same outing in which Ray apparently was forced to drink and woke up with the Kawamoto sisters in their living room, apparently. I was about to say, my boy is brand new in the city. He is a new kid, no family, no connections in a brand new city. Goes out drinking with some people who just leave him like drunk. And he happens to leave an underage kid wasted in the streets yeah like i i get i get japan is better about this but holy crap Mm -hmm. this is no blue lock where it's a group of bros getting hammered and then painting the sky or whatever yeah i said blue lock i meant (laughs) blue period blue period yeah yeah. (laughs) blue blue lock also has a bunch of guys getting hammered all right that's at the gym (laughs) yeah buddy Uh, but, but yeah, no, um, this is how, uh, Akari ended up, uh, bringing Ray into the orbit of, uh, the family. She has and, a, he has a way of being, bringing home strays, as they like to say, and he was a mm-hmm. random. Do you want to talk about the scene where she brings him <laughs> home? Cause I, I thought that was weird. <laughs> what was weird about it? Uh, she's just like, okay, come on, throw up. You'll feel better. What? You don't know how to force yourself to throw up. Okay, open <laughs> wide. I'm going to slide my hand down your throat. I'm going to shove my finger down your throat and make don't you bite vomit. Me. Yeah. And that was when he fell in love. Oh, yeah. Gag reflex. Yeah. Yeah, that was a weird scene. <laughs> I mean, it's a bonding moment, right? She literally comes across this hapless youth, <laughs> completely blitzed in the middle of the street, decides oh he's so he's all his skin and bones i'm gonna take him home and take care of him oh crap you're gonna feel better once you throw up you gotta throw up what you need help throwing up it, it is weird because usually it's not even the fact that he was in a vulnerable he was vulnerable she took him home to save him it's just the aside of oh god you're still feeling you're still feeling crappy here you'll feel so much better once you throw up i'm used to it you know apparently she's been out with Whoever and she's just, been well, there before. She, well, she, works, at a she works at a hostess club. Yeah, that's that's sort of that's sort of what I took away from that is that uh like like that scene exists to express how like caring and uh and like good natured she is. It's just I don't know. Maybe this is the case where like the uh, the sad boy energy clashes a little bit with the with the uh, narrative intent because it is weird. I'm I'm saying if I was brand new in the city and lucked into this person who's constantly inviting me over for dinners and like rescued me, I'd be a lot more grateful. Like, <laughs> yeah, you will never go hungry. She literally because she's caring for her younger sisters but and she doesn't want to be a burden. She's That's- already making plenty of food. She has young children and a cat and a, and a grandparent to feed. She's got plenty of food person. <laughs> <laughs> As is pointed out by Hinata, uh, Akari likes finding skinny strays, bringing them in, and making them uh, plump and cuddly. <laughs> that is, that is all of the cats. Do, do, do you think she might 
have some issues concerning uh, levels of affection. <laughs> she might be Probably. a feeder. Probably. No, but um, we we do establish. Does Grandpa have a job? I, th- yeah. I think he must. He works because- in the shop. Yeah, he has a shop. I, yeah, yeah. The shop is the shop is his, and uh, uh, Akari's secondary job uh, is well. It, it, she she splits her time between the hostess club and the family store, basically. Which is important because another another thing to remember is that you know the daughters they have lost their parents as well, so she has to support a household. Yeah, and and maintain like the family shop and everything. A lot of yeah. responsibility. Her little sisters, her numerous cats, the random kids. <laughs> the whole neighborhood, actually. She's adopted the entire neighborhood. She has so much look, love to give. Look, she give does it, seem it. like the type, honestly. I've give I've it. met people like that before. <laughs> they are an absolute delight. Given the amount of times Ray will just randomly be wandering around the neighborhood and run into one of, if not all of the Kawamoto sisters, I think that he and they are the only people in this neighborhood. <laughs> That or they just have very similar schedules. Yeah. Akari probably must be working at the shop until it's time to pick up the be ready for the kids to come home from school where she then does all of like the household duties, making lunches and everything, and then goes out to work her night job. Or maybe she only does that on the weekends. Whatever makes more sense. Yeah. Also, the, the younger sisters absolutely adore Ray. He is not only, you know, being being welcomed by this family, they absolutely adore him. Much to I don't I think he enjoys it. He is too depressed to just willingly accept the the love they want to give him. But I do think a part of him We love you. Again, I can only speak to my experience, but when you're in that headspace. Yeah, you do kind of know you're being stupid. It's just hard to claw your way out of it. But yeah, we get a bunch of like slice of life shenanigans with them. Um, I think we've already gone over some. They do like two separate holidays for the dead, which is yeah. interesting. But I think it's supposed to be like it's a week for it. Maybe. And we do and we do the first day of that week and the last day of that week. Yeah, but um. We get some cute moments. Uh, one of my favorite is um, the toddler sister uh, when <laughs> Hinata's yelling at um, yeah Momo when Hinata's yelling at Akari that all she does is bring home strays. We barely have enough money for ourselves. What are you doing? And then Momo's just like, "Wait, what? What do you mean, other kids? It, is is Ray not my big brother? What? <laughs> What's going on? Where do you come from?" Where'd you come from? I, uh, I, uh, this is awkward. Uh, cause, uh, oh, and that's because Hinata wants to spend a bunch of money to make a very cute lunchbox for a boy she likes. Who, they're childhood friends, kind of, but whenever we interact with him, it seems like he has a very different interpretation of that relationship, which is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. They did, they grew, they grew up in the same town together. Maybe not childhood friends, but they at least knew of each other, but they weren't as close. As- yeah, from Hanada's perspective, they were childhood friends. From his perspective, from Takahashi. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I met her. Yeah, she was on my little league team, I guess. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's very, it's a very tween kind of uh, dynamic. No, she wants her like shoujo manga. Ah, yes, my childhood friend to be my first love. But then it's just like, yeah, she's a girl in my class, I guess. 
She is the, she is just the girl from the neighborhood. He probably doesn't even really know. Well, he does know her name. He's just uh, like. Well, yeah, this is also the chapter that had one of the two moments of, uh, wow, that got really dark. Okay. Is this the one where. It... I think we've skipped ahead a little bit. Well, no, no, the um, the uh, the baseball chapter, I was actually paging through the manga because I wanted to. It, it, it is literally two panels. It is literally two panels. Uh, so I wanted to make sure that we didn't skip over it. And it's in the baseball chapter because Ray is thinking about uh, Hinata's young love. Uh, what, uh, you know, what a cute oh little Oh my romance. God, I forgot oh, about right. that. That was so weird. And he flashes right. back to... A really, really dark two-panel scene. I, I, I forgot in this young love story. They just have Ray do a flashback to what I assume is sexual assault, like by his adopted sister. Yeah, which it's we find out later. We is, find uh -huh. we find out later who she is, though. There is honestly, given given like the little tidbits we'd gotten and the the um, it is something that I. I guessed it was something like that, you know, like I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have called like, uh, you know, adopted sister or anything. But I like that was sort of like the the feel of the scene. I, I'm uh, going to say if from the first chapter, you were able to like guess the fucked up family situation. <laughs> well, yeah, no, obviously, I, like I, I mean, more the the vibe that is 100 percent the vibe of that uh, of those uh, two panels. Yeah, but from her because the you know the adoptive father and the adoptive brother were nothing like the sister the sister was just out of bounds sister was out of pocket entirely well, yeah yeah well, the rest well, of them were like this is this is whatever but she was like well getting getting into the details of that is the other is the other random difficulty spike of well that got dark yeah that that's an entirely different section of the manga i just want to talk about how cute making the bento was i will admit i forgot i forgot the assault happened in there but <laughs> yeah we it's only implied to be fair uh-huh i i'm gonna be honest i thought it was just teasing because you know she took her glasses off Took the class. It, it, it legitimately could have been. It, it legitimately, but that's it, not. It could. It could be sad boy energy of him saying, "I don't deserve love." To remembering it dark, like it's. It could be a lot of things. It's two panels. That's that's the whole thing, though. That's that's literally the point of it. That is how Ray sees it. He's flashing back to this experience, and he remembers it as a very uncomfortable and transgressive and possibly even violent experience that's why it feels so dark and out of place it's doing it on purpose like this is meant to be that sort of like wow that got dark out of nowhere no no you don't get to walk away manga you come back here and explain this yeah you know and then it just goes back to the cute bento box i was gonna say i really like the cute bento box and i want to talk about that for a little bit <laughs> yeah let's talk about the cute I've, bento I've box. i've now been interrupted twice so i'm maybe sorry we'll talk about the bento box <laughs> yeah this is really cute uh hinata is like doing all the classic mistakes you do when you try and cook something for the first time uh she doesn't taste she tries to do the most complicated thing possible. Um, she wants things to be aesthetically pleasing, but not taste good. And the entire time, Akari is just like, well, he's a teenage boy who just finished or is going to be playing baseball. So he's going to need a lot of energy. So maybe don't make aesthetically pleasing bad food. Nope. Okay. You're not going to listen to me because I'm an old lady. You know what? I'm, I'm done with you. 
mess up. <laughs> I don't care. You're you're a middle schooler. I'm just gonna let you be a little shit. We'll we'll talk about it later. Which they is what happens. Yeah, you know, it's exactly what happens. You know it's such a guy, sister moment. You know what this guy would probably like? Either some burgers and some pizza or something like that. He would love you. Oh my Make God. fried chicken. He will like fried chicken. Trust me on this no, one. No, I need to be super elaborate about it. But it's not because I like him. Fried chicken and omelet. He needs a lot of protein. He's on a sports team. No, it needs to be cute and pink. Okay, first, f- first mistake. You're making something you want. <laughs> Yeah. He's, he's, a, he's a teenage boy. He is not going to care. Make him a curry bento. He'd probably love that. Like, <laughs> make sure it tastes good. Literally, I'm not going to taste it at all. And I'm going to wake up at six in the morning and waste all of my time having to remake the food repeatedly. You and, know what oh, guys are going to remember? Was... That girl who made that freaking delicious bento. Not mm. oh, that was so cute. Oh, I'm totally going to go out with her. No, my my favorite part was when she shows up to give him the bento at the game. Uh, he is surrounded by women telling him how cool she is. And I presume <laughs> also giving him snacks. And then yeah. she's like, I don't want to anymore. Yeah, because he's like the young upcoming star. There's numerous instances of it's like he's like a hero in a sports manga. Actually, there is like a a three chapter span in like the middle of the of our reading where there's numerous instances of characters going just like in my mangas. (laughs) We we did skip over more elaboration on how he met Nikaido. That is just. That's set up for later. Not too concerned about that. But that's another instance of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. My my favorite part is just Hanada's naivete that um, the most popular boy in school would not have other women who are interested in him. Like, uh-huh. girl. <laughs> girl, he's, he's going to have admirers for days. You are competing. Mm-hmm. Not just that. She also wanted to give him this bento in a very like you usually would try to get him by himself. I know, like not at a public sporting event right after he's, you know, hit. She uh, she didn't she didn't have time. He was on the bus to go to. the Yeah. And she was running late, too. So it's because not like she you're... messed up cooking twice. Yeah, uh-huh. sure. <laughs> she is dumb tween. It's it's honestly adorable. <laughs> Yeah, and then there's just the fun scene of she's going to throw it away. And Ray, because he doesn't have a job, is just able to have perfect dramatic timing to be in scenes whenever he needs to be. <laughs> he um, really does. It, it's literally him just saying, huh, yeah, I don't normally get up this early, but I can do it now because plot reasons. Okay, Ray, we don't care. Um, <laughs> and he stops her from throwing it away. And he's just like, no, it's okay to cry. Boy, be, being able to uh, handle other people's emotions better than your own. I've uh, I've never experienced that before. And then they bring the bento back and Akari and her bond over the fact, oh, you didn't give it to him? It's okay. I made the exact same mistake when I was your age and I was getting frustrated with you trying to solve your problems. And then I realized, mom, I said something exactly the same way mom did to me. And I'm like, nope, you just got to learn yourself. So we're going to do the same thing mom did with me. We're going to eat your bento together. Also, Ray's here. He can eat it with us. And then we found out your bento was awful. And it's really (laughs) probably for the best that he never tasted this terrible, terrible, overly salty food. (laughs) But they don't say any of that. It's just Ray and Akari coming to the same conclusion silently and simultaneously. (laughs) To be be fair. Did you taste this? (laughs) Inada is the second they say, did you taste that? 
no but you can see she's eating it it's like this is bad <laughs> <laughs> akari tries to akari bless her heart tries to let her down so gently like you know maybe next time i will help you just so we can get the spices right i usually take care of that <laughs> it's it's the best way of saying you made a bad bento box without actually saying it out loud mm-hmm. next time will be a winner oh, um, should have made that fried chicken should have made the fried chicken Ray yeah. liked the fried chicken. Mm-hmm. Ray did like the fried chicken. We, they had fried chicken one night, and my favorite part about that is just Ray ate those leftovers for three days before well, one she of his made, matches. She, she made him plenty. She's like, I, so you don't have to think about cooking because you know his entire apartment is bare. She's like, no. here are some to-go lunches. Just heat them up when you're hungry. So I think the mm-hmm. plot behind that is what they did was they bought a bunch of chicken thighs on, on discount. Sale. On sale. Because yeah. They were being marked down because they were going bad, which meant they had to cook them immediately. Yeah. So they went and fried up a bunch of chicken and sent him home with a bunch of chicken because um, nothing about their household leads me to believe they can eat a bunch of fried chicken because their residents are an adult woman, a middle school girl, a toddler, and an elderly man. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, who technically lives next door, but yeah. Still kind of, of but yeah. Still he's like in a, he's like in a, yeah he, he's a part of the household it's like a joint or something yeah i think they have the same yard so yeah that entire thing happened <laughs> and was and, pretty cute yeah just a whole bunch of cute fun moments where just nothing goes wrong and everyone's yep. happy yep no, sli- no problems just cute slice of life stuff with the occasional like swell of angst and also that scene i completely forgot and have actually now <laughs> forgot in <laughs> remembering what in our recounting yes but um yeah uh believe it or not uh this manga gets dark so um Mm -hmm. we're gonna need a little bit of a break to drink our troubles away indeed so we will be right back after this And welcome back to the show, folks, where last we left our sad child. <laughs> last we left our angsty teen. Honestly, just a lot of slice of life BS was happening. Uh, uh, young love. Um, there was a dog. I liked uh, the dog. There was a dog. There was a dog that was very friendly and made a small child fall over. Actually, no, that no, no that, that happens that, here. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That does happen here. Because uh, Ray and uh, Nikaido are doing some shogi training. Nikaido is continuing to be a shonen uh, weirdo. And then we find out the most horrifying news in this entire manga. Yes. Akari has a type. Oh, <laughs> yes. And this Akari also, likes some big and chunky. This only just solidifies my point. I think she's a feeder. <laughs> she's like, they- oh, he doesn't need my love. But that just makes me love him more. She goes, they they go uh, out to get some food. And it's like, do you want to go to McDonald's for Gigamech? You know, for do not oh sue my. us. Yeah, Ray is a terrible friend. But to be fair, he doesn't want to be a friend at all. He's kind of just doing this out of obligation. So he's constantly like, 
Yeah, you're you're a fatty fatty. I don't normally eat this kind of food, but McDonald's seems like your kind of thing. You want a Gigamac? <laughs> that sounds delicious, but no, I don't want a Gigamac. That's not good for you. Hey. <laughs> hey, hey, my fat friend who ha I know has dietary restrictions. <laughs> Does... Look at this. That seems like something that seems like something that Ray wouldn't be uh, emotionally aware enough to ask, honestly. <laughs> I'm just saying, this only proves he doesn't eat crap. He just eats a lot. He has a very, very specified. Diet. Well, I, I think at the end of this chapter, we get we get told what's actually happening. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Nikaido is on a restricted diet. So he brought a healthy bento for because we find out shogi players when they're uh, not doing matches, they train. And yes. sometimes they hook up with other shogi players to do like group training sessions. Which yes. um, is what Nikaido does. Yes. Yep, they, they're hooking up all right. Mm -hmm. um, but Ray, he's alone and prefers to be alone, but uh, not having any of that. So Nikaido brings over his healthy bento. It's like, hey, I got this healthy bento, but I'm hungry. You want to go out to eat because we're friends? Not really. But come on. Okay. He, Ray does go out to eat. He does list off the places he usually eats at. He just Ray mentions I eat toast, and sometimes I'll grab some instant noodles, or if I'm feeling real spicy, I'll grab like a bowl of ramen or something. From it's all cheap, quick stuff. In other words, he is that skinny friend who just says that. Oh, I'll just grab something from wherever. Meanwhile, Nikado's just like, but McDonald's sounds good. And then Ray's just like, well, I have been eating dinner with a friend lately. Oh, no, I said their names. Now they've appeared. <laughs> they have appeared. I've summoned, summoned them. them. <laughs> and then Akari locks eyes with her love and is deep red and flustered, which causes Ray a lot of internal conflict. He what is, have I done? Ray, Ray is not happy with how she's looking at him. Yeah, it starts with Momo seeing uh, Nikaido and being like, legally distinct Totoro. <laughs> yeah they they come back to the house they eat um <laughs> they are is like oh my god the first stray i found that's not a rail thin he's so round which <laughs> is perfect. perfect yeah and akari has this like mental battle when he's like hey so uh what were you guys planning on eat i'm going to rearrange my menu plans entirely over what you want to eat because i'm an enabler and She's just like, I bet this tubby wants something big and meaty and some delicious fatty food. Mm -hmm, tubby, you sure want it. I'm like, Akari, keep keep your horny in check, girl. Like, what the <laughs> hell? What the hell is going on in this page? And then he's just like, no, I should probably have something healthy. And then she's like, but if you're healthy, you're going to lose weight and you're not going to be cute and chubby and my perfect ideal man. Wait, no, he probably also wants to be healthy. Grandma wanted to be healthy. I should make a healthy meal for you. Here's something bland and tasteless that we all can enjoy. Yeah, her her weird, like, internal moral struggle of, like, he won't be able to maintain his plump body with that kind of food. But but if he... But what use is... But a he, must be, plump... he, he must be sick. I have to uh, do what's healthy for him. What use is a cute, plump body if you're not healthy enough to enjoy it? <laughs> what are you doing ray is somehow not sad boy energy over this it's just legitimately stop looking at him that way stop it 
Yes. Stop it. She is Look at, literally having the same reaction we are having right now. Like, what is happening right now? Like, it's not even it's not even jealousy, though there probably is some level of that. It's genuine confusion. <laughs> like I'm attractive. I'm attractive. Stop it. <laughs> what is going on? He's so oh. confused. Oh, yeah, and this anyway, it, it, yeah. it ends with the the butler returning. And the butler finds me. him because he has a GPS. <laughs> I just a naturally good. Se- and then Ray's like, "Did did no one else hear him say GPS? What the hell? Am I living in Crazy Town?" <laughs> this yes, chapter Ray, is, apparently you are. This chapter is just really full of jokes, and I'm not probably because what's coming up, but. <laughs> Again, every time the Kaido shows up, the tone of the manga swings wildly. But I mean, it's also not that weird for him since he has his phone on him to just be able to track his phone. I mean, kind of, but that's still creepy. Yeah. My my favorite part is the butler going like, oh, yes, I, I was in the neighborhood just doing a separate errand, and I wanted to thank you for taking care of the young master. It's from a local shop. You may know it. These are my favorite cakes. Those are my favorite cakes as well. What a weird coincidence that I wasn't super creepy and found out about. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, oh, I I now know why why he's so fat with his incredibly restrictive diet. Um, (laughs) Butler boy is constantly giving him treats. Yep. The doting father. We don't know about Nikaido's parent. God damn it. We got more orphans in this manga. Yes. (laughs) What is that? Five? Well, no, I, he has parents. He does. He mentioned it, his parents sent the butler on the vacation. All uh, right. Yes, he might have those parents who are just abroad all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's he's double D. I don't think he's that far gone yet, but maybe. <laughs> From Ed Ed Knight. I got the joke, Sam, don't Thank worry. Thank you, Jacob. Uh also, we didn't mention it before, but the reason the butler came back, despite being on an 80 day round the world vacation, was he said, I was away for 10 days and I got so worried about you. I got an ulcer. So I sent my wife in my stead and I came back. <laughs> yeah, do, do we even talk about the fact these two had a match against each other and their entire relationship just seems to be Ray utterly defeats Nikaido constantly? And Nikaido's just like, but I gotta, I gotta beat you. I gotta be the best. We skipped over that to talk about Hinata's uh, baseball boyfriend. Fair. I did prefer that. So <laughs> that, that was better. The The long and short of it is Ray and Nikaido met uh, at a kids tournament on the top of a shopping mall in the burning heat. <laughs> and Ray desperately wanted to just win to end the game because Nikaido was dying in the heat. <laughs> but Nikaido kept fighting and he's like, man, this guy, this guy actually is kind of based. I got to respect him by playing my, by playing my best. He he has a very he has a very uh, overt moment of clarity. Oh wow, that was really freaking conceited of me to uh, think I could just stomp him and get it over with more quickly. I should take him seriously. Mm-hmm. I, I, was, I really I was, liked that. Yeah, I was like, I was trying to be merciful, but no, I'm just being an asshole. <laughs> like, yeah, that's that's a big part of the reason why I feel like uh, Ray is a bit more aware of his situation than his depression lets him be. It's like the one time Ray is self-aware <laughs> that I can think of off the top of my head. It's the most self-aware, like it's the most overtly self-aware Ray is. I think is. sometimes Ray's problem is he's too self-aware and gets like mired in that. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, anyway, speaking of Ray getting mired. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know if it gets fully explained, but there is some 
emergency that the um the sisters need to attend to i some family thing yeah the schedule kind of collapses on akari so she oh right i think we have a sick like, family member at it, least. it was it was like her aunt fell and hurt her legs so akari has to go see to her in the hospital so she can't go get momo from preschool and ray can you please do it and he's like yeah i can do that which is something that just floored me because you definitely cannot do that if you're not a relative or on their form to like pick them up Oh, this is Japan. School. You can just yeah. get free children anywhere. The Japanese diet doesn't want you to know this, but the children in the preschool are free. <laughs> the children are free. I, I, there are many mangaka who have uh, known this little life hack and um, have <laughs> ruined people's enjoyments of series because of it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that got dark. That got Immediately, dark. Immediately, the rest of this is equally as dark. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that, that was our random difficulty spike of, wow, that's dark. <laughs> Anyway, there's a cute dog that really, really, really wants to play with Momo, and she is terrified of yes, this there. puppy's love because this puppy loves her that much. It's a happy dog. Oh, I want to play. I want to play with you, little the person. Is- I I love you, small person. Yes, but dog, you are twice the size of this child and would probably hurt her by going to play. Please, please cease. Dogs Your dog activities. Dogs don't know how big they are. They're just like, I see you. I want to play with you. Too big. I, I see small human. Want play. Mm-hmm. I, I I love the, the captions for the animals. Yes, yeah. the best. The fact the dog speaks fluent English did really confuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Little person, let's play. Come on. <laughs> Why are you uh, crying? No sad. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, Momo gets a little hurt. Mm, uh, she and, and scrapes. Yeah, well, t- pretty scrapes. So it's just a minor scrape, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a minor scrape, but she's like, like four. So it, it's it's the worst thing that's ever happened to her. Well, she has she has multiple scrapes. She falls like at a full run. So none of them are like serious or anything, but she has a bunch. That's what I thought, because um, there is a weird kind of parallel thing where um, Ray is like cleaning up the wound and like has a shell shock moment and we see an arm covered in bruises. That's not Momo's arm. And but... a cloth over a face. And I'm just like, oh, oh. <laughs> well, that got dark. Oh, Ray, you were just supposed to watch Momo for an hour. What the hell happened, man? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Did this other small girl die? <laughs> okay, there was there was a flash as I'm I'm looking over the the pan, the panels at the top of that page where a part of me almost thought that. And I'm like, wait, no, 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 no. That that cannot be. <laughs> it gets pretty close. This this chapter is dark. <laughs> Well, no, no, it, 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 the uh, the joke you made, Matt, I'm like, no, wait a minute. <laughs> you, you, either you skipped something or I missed something and I had missed I had, yeah. I had missed the intention of that. Yeah, way. yeah. But um, no, we uh, we get the gang all back together and um, Ray is kind of despondent. Uh, I think he starts crying. I, yeah, I he's 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 crying as he's uh, uh, cleaning up. Uh, yeah, yeah, and the Hinata and Momo and are like Akari is like, hey, what's up with that? And she's like, no, 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 don't just let him be. He's fine. Uh, he's probably just remembering the fact he had a little sister. And we're all like, oh, you mean that girl from the beginning? No, you stupid no. idiot, you reader. It's going to be more confusing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, 
we haven't mentioned it yet, but uh, when Ray's getting in his really dark moods, the manga does this stylized thing where the borders between panels become huge mm-hmm. and uh, like white text is on the black background to like kind of signify the dark thoughts. It, it, it's it's a moment of like the manga is just creeping to the edge too melodramatic for me to be to be taking it seriously. But thankfully, this uh, story arc is plenty dark enough that it feels appropriate because it is him uh, recounting about how a uh, drunk truck driver took out his entire family. God damn it, isekais, you've gone too far. <laughs> Why did you isekai a full family? Chuck couldn't send a mother, father, and younger sister all to another world and left Ray behind. Yep. And he has to deal with his extremely petty extended family. Oh, petty is one way to call them. Literally, his his aunt. His his grandfather is sobbing over the coffin of his father, saying, you damned fool, you were going to take over the clinic for me. I can't yes. retire now. You'd finally given up on your shogi dream. Yes. Uh-huh. But I mean, literally, the uncle, the the brother or whatever is like, you can leave everything to me. Leave everything to me. That's, and uh, then, that's the daughter's husband. Yeah. That's the, why Yeah, they're both awful. Yeah. The, <laughs> and she immediately wants to throw Ray in an orphanage. Not even a consideration. Oh, this Are woman you- is so nice about it, too. Like, don't worry. I'll find a lovely orphanage for Ray. I'm like, you're his aunt. You don't get to find a lovely orphanage for him. That's not how family works. Okay, you guys remember the animated movie Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer? Yes, she is that person. She is that. Yeah, she's that. She's that character. Yes. So, like, I've mentioned that, like, the grief in the manga is coming from a real place. You notice how I've been a little bit tacit in that uh, praise. His aunt is a caricature. And I think this Uh, is the part where this this entire backstory is a caricature of how sad can we like this is insane. Yeah, it's it's very much a case where the emotion is very real. And this didn't break it for me. Like I, I I'm on board with this degree of melodrama. I can accept it. The but only like, thing that could possibly be redeeming is, I don't know what it was that we read, but it was the case where they did take in the nephew and then they proceeded to extort money. Oh, Platinum End. Platinum yeah. End. Yeah, that was the start of Platinum End. <laughs> yep. So, but like, Platinum End tonally that fit. Like <laughs> Platinum End is melodrama. That's the point. <laughs> like, like that, that's sort of the thing where it's the contrast between the cartoonishly evil extended family and the, like, parade of saints that genuinely love him now. Like, I don't know, maybe the contrast was too made to be too strong or something. I don't know. It falls into the cliche of your found family. Sometimes it takes your family to find you. You don't have to yeah. find your family. I mean, that, that, that's a really cool moral you could have if you just make every single biological family just completely awful. It's yeah. real easy to have found family be the clear choice if you just straw man it into existence, you know? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, that's, honestly, that's honestly the biggest criticism to level at this manga by far. Again, as I said, the manga is constantly towing the edge of like immersion breaking melodrama. And this is absolutely the part where it stumbled the hardest in skating on the line for basically the rest of our reading, really. Like the next part of his backstory, at least 
goes for further into melodrama to the point it's like mm-hmm. like sh- schlocky is not the word i want but like that kind of vibe of like there's an entertainment value to how intense it is this is just hey feel really sorry for this kid isn't his life really bad like yes Uh yes the the situation you've imagined is really sad good job lemony snicket (laughs) (laughs) uh but yes uh the next part is that uh his father's friend uh who Ray had encountered a few times. Uh, he was a encountered. It's definitely a word. This, uh, that, this man's got some daddy issues for someone who is not his father. Yeah. I don't know how to feel about this guy. I mean, and it's also the relationship's kind of weird because obviously he's a family. I, I don't know how to care. He's his dad's friend. So he grew up interacting with him a lot. He felt really close to him because they were able to. I don't know how to call. I I understand this dynamic personally. It really spoke to me. It's just where you have an older role model or something who really seems to. I mean, you can have a you can have a good father and still have father figures in your life that aren't that individual father. And that's who he was. But the entire point is he wasn't able to have friends like in school. But the only person who seemed to really be able to get him and be able to build any type of relationship was this older friend of his dad's who also played shogi you say also played shogi that is this man's entire personality yeah that's yeah. where all the complicated feelings come from because like he i'm he trying takes... to phrase it so it doesn't sound creepy it is creepy that's the point i don't know ray's entire internal monologue every time this man is on the screen is basically begging him to love him like it's for reasons yeah. other than Shogi, yeah. It's weirdly romantic. Like, he yeah. Yeah, and it makes you wonder because he doesn't even say, he doesn't really comment that much on his dad. We know his dad played Shogi, but well, we he don't. Loved, he loved his dad, that's the thing. Like, Yeah, yeah. but that, I mean, that's it's, all he really says is, I loved him and he also played Shogi also. This was his friend. And now I'm begging his friend for affection. And, and, and now I'm in love with his friend because he's the only person outside of the family who shares my interest. But it's not yeah. his interest. That's the thing. Yeah, that's the it, thing. It, I didn't... it it is his interest. It's not. He's not interested in it. <laughs> it is his interest because it gets him closer to. I think his name is Coda. Yeah, I. I'm good. You know what? A better word for it. It's his hobby. Uh-huh. Yes. He's not interested in it at all, but it is something he has fallen into yes. that is getting yeah, him cause, attention. Because yeah. we do we do learn here, Ray is actually, like, he's not necessarily like a super prodigy or anything, but he yeah. is very, he's like, he is kid. naturally talented. He is good at shogi, like, independently of any training that he that he gets later Mm -hmm. uh you know and it's like it it creates a connection between him and someone who he feels comfortable around like and not for nothing but like i didn't get a romantic vibe between like like, i didn't get a like he's he's in love with him kind of vibe because to me it feels like this is the one person who isn't blood related to me that i feel comfortable around i i kind of kind of the vibe that i got was like ray's some kind of queer bi gay i'm not sure but he it, it it's like the uh the description of coda in his mind is his dad's friend for some reason i would get flustered and happy when he came over and it feels like a kid having a puppy love crush on someone older mm. 
it yeah there's a weird romantic tension that for me really solidified when it's like oh you see this terrible den of vipers i found myself in here is my knight in shining armor that is saving me from this uh-huh like at the funeral but yeah coda comes up to ray and he's like looking around seeing how the rest of the extended family is basically completely already written this kid off and uh hey like, again free child I, I love the insane amount of extended family he has that are all saying, yeah, I guess he's going to an orphanage. <laughs> like Orphanage? Mm-hmm. Yeah, orphanage. Yeah. This boy has multiple blood relatives in a room <laughs> that seem well-equipped to take care of him. Mm-hmm. He, could, he could literally go with his grandfather. He could literally go with his aunt. They already have a kid. Whatever. Yeah, his grandfather <laughs> could easily take care of him. He's got health problems, but that's better than an orphanage. <laughs> Mm-hmm. but again that's why this is melodramatic and stupid um <laughs> exactly so yeah koda's like hey you like shogi and ray is like yes i do as he's crying and he's like it was a lie i didn't like it at the extent that he wanted but it was i could never be the thing he wanted but i desired it i desired to be desired yeah and- i'm gonna have to I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to agree with Sam, but I kind of have to agree with Sam. It's something. It's and something. then literally, literally at the, the very least, chapter. the dark. At the very least, the dark thoughts in his head are queer coded. Uh-huh. Yes. I want validation. Night, the next chapter is called "Over the Cuckoo's Nest," and I'm like, okay. I love the forced metaphor in this. <laughs> the metaphor. <laughs> oh. I, there's I, forcing I, a metaphor, and then there's putting square uh, peg in round hole. I'm I'm going to just go this off the top of my head. I'm not going to look it up because I think I've remembered this pretty clear. We get introduced to his family. It is big man on campus. Uh, it's not in the notes, so I'm going to make it up. His name is Hotsey McShogi Player. Uh, <laughs> Coda. Coda. Uh, his name is Coda. He has the daughter who... <laughs> Is Kyoko who who and is awful as we've seen in flashbacks is all we know mm-hmm. about her and she's a, a son. Terror. Yep, she's a preteen and, terror and an elementary school son we never see the face of, so he's not important. He it's his um, face is right here. He's, oh, he's he's hugging a little well. A lot of a lot of uh, outside of that, a lot of scenes deliberately hide his face because metaphor. Because okay. he kind of uh, checks out. Yeah. Regardless, we get this lovely metaphor that I adore, and it's basically, do you know what a cuckoo is? A cuckoo is a bird that lays its egg in another's nest so that when it hatches, it starves its siblings so that it can be loved and take all the parents' love and grow strong off their deaths. Well, I am the even, cuckoo in this nest. It's not I even their siblings. He's not even really saying that. He's literally saying he's like a parasite, essentially. In other words, it's further distancing himself if he really sees himself not a part well, of this unit. He he wants to see him as a sibling. That's the problem. It's the other two who are mainly just the girl who's like, you are not my sibling. Please stop calling my dad daddy. Mm-hmm. Isn't she like my dad dad? Isn't she, she like four? She's like 14 when he like, so I can understand that. They're the same age. Mm-hmm. She, I, I just really like the way that she's introduced by slapping him super yep. hard for beating him in a shogi match. Oh, Are you, oh. no, she's four years she, older than Ray. Oh, geez. Oh, wow. Kyoko is four years older than me. Ayumu, Holy the little boy, is in the, in the same age as me in the third grade. 
Oh my god. Wow. Yes. Excuse the dynamic. Yeah. Yes. And she she <laughs> So yes, she is like a Slops teenager. She's Slops a teenager who just gets mouth. who gets random boy into their house and then starts calling her dad daddy, like dad. And she's like, who is this kid? I, I do want to make it clear. He calls him dad in a professional sense. I'm just yeah. saying daddy because I find it funny. <laughs> <laughs> that is an important distinction to make. Well, you know, I mean, she is a volatile individual. And then and then here's where the, the complicated feelings for uh, the dad come in. We we get into uh, his shogi obsession extends into his parenting to a degree that makes him very hard to tolerate as a father in, you know, Yes, he might not be a great dad because he really does not exist outside of Shogi. Like, yeah, his kids he... have to play Shogi. And if they are not good at it or not passionate about it, they are left... They so cease it... to exist in his eyes. It's, yeah. it's They kind of tread the line with how, like, manga supervillain they want him to be. Because they literally do frame it as he's so Shogi-obsessed his children have no choice but to be good at the game to remain within his field of vision. Mm-hmm. Because when the young son quits Shogi... He doesn't, he doesn't force him to continue no. playing Shogi. He's like, okay, fine. Yeah, he I doesn't just won't have pay to attention to him anymore. Yeah, he doesn't have Which to play. Is, and it's very clear that Kyoko definitely believes that because of her violent outbursts at anything that reduces her... Uh, <laughs> that seems to uh, get in the way of her increased skill oh. in shogi. Oh, oh, oh no! A manga father is really dedicated to their job and doesn't pay attention to their children outside of that. What a horrible monster! Yes, uh, example number ten thousand three hundred. Yeah, I was about to say. But yes, um, I do like the fact that his response to his daughter assaulting a child is she can't let her emotions get the better of her every time she loses a game. Not that's incredibly un. Why would you do that? What is wrong with you? Uh huh. And uh, at one point, I think he basically tells Kyoko that she should quit the Shogi Association because it's clear from her violent temperament and her inability to beat Ray in a match that she has neither the skill nor the mindset to actually get good. Well, because his entire thing is not that if they could survive, because frankly, all of his children seemed capable of surviving as professional shogi players. He's looking so far ahead past that. It's not good enough to be like, yeah, I guess you could technically make a living doing this. It's because the thing is, he's a title holder. If you're not the best, what are you even doing? Mm-hmm. I, I gotta say, for all of the melodrama, I did really like the panel of Kyoko, like ugly, crying, teeth gritted in a snarl with the dad just very calmly saying, you understand, don't you? Like that that level of like disconnect. Honestly, for all of the melodrama, Kyoko is a really interesting character. Like she's. She is so awful, but she's that kind of like train wreck you can't look away kind of awful. She's absolutely badly processing her emotions like uh, literally everybody else in this cast. Not not for nothing, but Kyoko seems to be the only one. Uh, well, I guess Ray does, but like she's the only one like blood related in the family that realizes what their father is doing and is very, very, very angry about the entire situation because she just wants her father to love her, which is like 
Mm -hmm. It's complicated emotions, especially for someone that age. But does the age difference like provide some perspective as well? Because so you have two young boys in the household. You're significantly older. You're like four years older. You're in a different stage of life. You're going through your teenage years. Your dad's not fully like interested in perhaps what you have going on, not encouraging. He basically checked out. He's now like mentoring this uh, adopted kid that just showed up randomly. Yeah, because the kid, the kids never had a relationship with Ray. He was sure Ray's dad's friend, but it doesn't sound like he was like brought over to. Yeah, like, no, they they had never met until it's hey, this is the new child I adopted. Free children. They just give them out. As we found out in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> That's why it's such a problem. <laughs> yeah. oh. And then uh, and then in my favorite bit of a melodramatic pa uh, page, Ray was like doing some mundane chore and a nature documentary was on and explained nest parasitism. This is where we get the cuckoo metaphor <laughs> shoved sideways, kicking and screaming into this manga. I was the cuckoo <laughs> stealing their food and their taking their parents as my own, but I could not be the cause of their death. I left the nest before fully grown so that I would not kill them any further for I am a cuckoo, but I am also a man. <laughs> is that the backstory to Batman? <laughs> <laughs> and all of this is in the framing device of him repairing the sweater that uh, Coda gave to him, which had started to fray around the sleeve. Mm -hmm. The completely heterosexual desire to wear your dad's clothing constantly. <laughs> I know I didn't want to agree with Sam, but I have to say I'm kind of leaning towards agreeing with Sam. It's... <laughs> The sweater thing is a little weird. <laughs> There's no heterosexual explanation to pressing another man's sweater into your face so you can <laughs> remember his scent. And it's not even his biological, like you said, he loves his biological father. Cool. I have stuff for my biological father. Cool. This is just some dude who took you in. Yeah, you should be grateful. Gratitude, this is, all that this stuff. This is dad's but... good friend, Steve. <laughs> Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, so the next three chapters are called God's Child, Part One, Two, and Three, and I'm just like, okay. Hi, I love the fact these chapters are called God's Child One, Two, and Three, which would somehow convince you that they're a consistent narrative. You'd be connected. wrong. <laughs> they're connected somehow. Well, the 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 framing device is what connects them, but it's very thin. Because he's mm -hmm. thinking, because the reason why it's called God's Child is because uh, Ray is thinking about another shogi player that they're setting up as a, as an arc antagonist, probably not arc villain, but, you know. Yeah, his, his other older man crush. See, I thought that was the same guy. I was so confused. <laughs> I'm like, they're bringing the dad back and the dad doesn't even acknowledge him? No, that's I, someone closer to his age. Older, but closer to his age. Ray might have a type. <laughs> Actually, considering how close they look to each other aesthetically, yeah. He likes aloof lighter hair dudes. I guess that's also why he doesn't have a uh, crush on the teacher, because he is absolutely not aloof. He is anything but aloof. Ayashita right? does pop back in to be like, yeah, no, I went to high school with that guy. He was a jerk. <laughs> also, please be my friend, but I can't be your friend in school because, you know, then you'd have no friends your age, right, loser? That's, really getting mixed messages from you, bud. That's, that's very 
that's very cruel of you to say, Sensei. Have you ever considered having tact? No. 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 <laughs> I I like how this uh like arc opens up <laughs> with <laughs> like Ray's having dinner with the Kawamotos and he just randomly says that there was some place he wanted to go and he treats it as this like big dramatic slip of the tongue like oh, I let my mask slip and it's really just a big pile of nothing. It's extremely well, because mundane. they ex- they express interest and like, "Oh, where do you want to go? I want to go here." And he's just like, "Uh, I don't really have a place. I just want to go." I was just saying nebulous shonen protagonist things. Yeah. Is, is disregard. <laughs> A car is like, nah, I really want like a tropical vacation where I can fall asleep getting a massage. That'd be great. You know, just not having to do the day to day like crap that I have to do. That'd be nice. I do like how she says the real vacation would be not having to make dinner every night. And everyone's just like, you're a saint, please. (laughs) You're such a good person. Thank you for taking care of us. (laughs) They all seem genuinely guilty. (laughs) Uh, it's, It's an adorable domestic moment. Mm hmm. It is again this is just you know depression does stupid things to your brain you don't <laughs> this this minor inconsequential thing that ap- means absolutely nothing is the most dramatic thing that's ever happened i let the masks what mask what the fuck are you talking about you don't I, understand when i first started on my own i lost two games of shogi a prodigy loses no games what am i supposed to do i have a black mark on my record and i got my third and final loss but not final i'm still in the game i don't know why i said that but it feels final to me my terrible losing streak bro you lost two games yeah but the problem is uh middle school genius child prodigy uh you eat once you've reached that title you don't ever get to be average which um you know sometimes you're just average and that's okay <laughs> like mm-hmm. well yeah and i mean like there's even a level of some of the like other shogi players actually point out like hey you're not supposed to be average you know like what are you doing stop stop not being perfect and like I, i'm sorry how many 20 years more of this game have you played than me that yeah. I'm better than you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that's kind of race reaction uh but then he then he spirals into the existential uh, uh why am i even trying I could uh, survive doing as well as I do now. It is like, it's because you want to be good at what you do. It's not that complicated, my dude. You want to be the best. Otherwise, why are you even here? That's what everyone thinks, I can assume. (laughs) I pushed myself to become a pro. And then as soon as I became a pro, I got my own apartment. And all I did was sleep. It turns out once I had my basic, you know, human necessities taken care of, I just got kind of comfortable and realized, you know, sometimes just living life's cool, too. It feels smaller when you unpack it. But again, I I liked the emotion in this because this is one of the ones where, like, I felt that, like, this is something that perhaps the manga went through. It felt very genuine. This was definitely the part where I... I felt like the manga finally had a coherent thesis statement and I was starting to pay it. I was able to pay attention to that. Yeah, it, it, it clicked back in. But like what's going on here is he was raised in a house with an unhealthy obsession in the thing that he's doing. And right now what he's going through is if you step back and look at it rationally, He's in a healthy, comfortable place in his life, like at least financially. He can accept this, but he also wants to be good at the thing that is his job. So like there's a level of passion in him, but, you know, he's also grappling with 
the way that he had been raised uh, when he had been taken in by Coda sort of like breeds this like un- unhealthy obsession with if you're not first, you're last. Like that's grappling with a, hey, I want to be good at this thing, which is a perfectly rational and normal, you know, place to be and not wanting to burn yourself out of the thing that you do. And that was also the first time he saw him, Soya Toji. Something, Sam. It's something. <laughs> Rival character. <laughs> so, best friend? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. This is a different. This is a different kind of manga rival. Very different. <laughs> Historians will say they were roommates. <laughs> God's child in our land. And th- there's your. You no, know, you know, generally when you call another man an Adonis, um, <laughs> <laughs> there is no heterosexual explanation for this monk. And then the third part of God's Child is a weird uh, McDonald's date with Hanada. It, it is extreme. Yeah. This is definitely the most that Ray feels like an older brother or, or, or like a brother in the Kawamoto like family well, dynamic well he treats her because you know they don't they're scraping to get by they don't have a lot of extra money but she sees a strawberry shake yeah and he's got the money to burn on it you yeah. know the the thing i like about this is why do you want a milkshake it's late fall like early winter it's cold why do you want a milkshake <laughs> i am child chat ch- you know what correct um but yeah the uh the thing i like about this uh chapter is because it's like like there's the there's the moments of like the extreme extraordinary melodrama but like then it's it's contrasted with a chapter like this where ray just has a normal social interaction and and well, kind of realizes it starts off as normal he uh, he gets real weird in the middle of it mm-hmm. well it i mean it starts off awkward then it gets weird but then ray sort of realizes oh i can i can just talk to this guy who has a similar life experience to me and you know he just gives some advice mm-hmm. yeah, and, yeah and that's, some real life experience because he does he does kind of show up out of silently and just like dead stares at him <laughs> yeah t- <laughs> so, so like while hinata and ray are, ha- are just sitting around and hinata's enjoying her milkshake all of a sudden, Takahashi, the boy that she had the crush on, just shows up. Yes. Oh, oh yeah, a teenage boy is in a McDonald's. Wow, what an insane! What a kid. shocking turn of events. <laughs> I guess it, I guess it's because it's this teenage boy, but still, he's also yeah. with the team. Like he's with his friends. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, when he notices Ray, he's uh, he. I love his reaction. His reaction is to go. <laughs> Oh, geez. Oh, geez. Uh, you're you're the guy. You're her friend. I'll just move and sit with her. And Hinata's just like, what the <laughs> f- are you doing? Yeah, please no. do not abandon me right now. Well, he's he's trying to uh, give her a moment with her crush, not realizing yeah. that that is exactly the in, wrong thing. In, to the, do. in the worst possible way. Well, I mean, you know that she likes him and you're just like, I'll give you guys a moment. You know, since she didn't I'll get I'll give you two lovebirds some time to just make out with each other. Please stop. Please stop. No, I'm not saying that he's making the correct decision. I'm saying he's making an understandable decision. He's making an understandable mistake. And Hinata I, does stop him. I just yes. like how Hinata starts speaking in wingdings. <laughs> that is I, my immediate thought was brain freeze, but then it is revealed that is not it. She is violently blushing and talking in emojis. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> but I mean, it well, makes sense. She didn't get her moment to talk to him before. So, I mean, it's like, oh, I'll give you guys a moment, you know? Well, she didn't get her moment because it was a terrible situation that she didn't want to intrude on. Like, it was, yeah. oh, I don't want to be one of many girls. So anyway, she... She runs. spills her uh, shake on her. Yes, on I, think she, I think she does get brain freeze, actually, later, da later down here. She's like, oh, crap, and then, like, spills it it's, on herself. She is crushing the, the cup in her vice grip of, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. And then she's like, well, I need to run and clean this up. Uh, yeah. Well, just uh, stall for me. And then Ray's yeah. just like, why am I talking to him? This makes no sense. It's like, hey. Yeah, this is where this is where it gets weird. Because he does just he just dead ass stares at him like. He's just, uh, yeah. And he's just like, um, hey, bud, what's up? And he's just like, give me your name, your entire name. I'm I'm Ray Kiriyama. So you are him, the boy prodigy of Shogi. What? Again, it's so uncanny that like everyone's everyone knows Shogi. Uh, yeah. <laughs> my father told me about you. More importantly, he showed me the same article. Everyone in this series seems to know. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's yeah, important to point out that uh, Takahashi, the the boy that he not as sweet on. Um, he he is uh, the same age as her, but he is freakishly huge, which means he's like a head and a half taller than Ray. <laughs> I mean, so, that makes sense. I mean, so, we've all so, we've all grown up. Guys just seem to shoot up. That boy like, drinks his milk. That boy <laughs> definitely does. Milk. So he's just looming over Ray, staring down at him like you're him aren't you which only makes, this only makes it creepier because we have to remember that he is younger than ray but he's so much yeah. taller then uh he just asks a uh honestly relatively reasonable question given who they both are because uh he's on the path to become a, a pro baseball player despite how young he is and considering ray is basically gone through the exact same experience just in the shogi world uh, you know, he asks, you know, uh, specifically what he asks is, why did you go back to high school? But, uh, you know, it just sort of like uh, they just sort of have a bit of a moment where, you know, Ray goes over his experience and, you know, they connect. It, it It's one of those ones where it's like the the moment like the moment outside of Ray's head gets significantly less and less awkward, whereas Ray's depression brain is trying to fight off the, the dopamine of no, this is a normal interaction. Everything is fine now. <laughs> this stopped being awkward already. This conversation's going very well. Just keep going. Don't stumble. Just keep moving. <laughs> I'm so happy I could cry. I, I love when Hinata comes back and she's just like, so, uh, yeah. And he's just like, you can get my digits through her. Oh, I guess I'm going to have to bother you and talk to you later. And she's like, that's super cool. I'm incredibly fine with that. They also say the exact same thing at the same time because they both think him saying, I'm going to have to bother you later for that is referring to both of them because they're both crushing so hard at this boy because there is no heterosexual explanation. <laughs> <in this manga. laughs> it is. It is. It's cute. It is really cute. I will also say, I don't think Ray's totally aware of his orientation because he does like him saying uh, you can get my oh, number. Wow, Ray's repressed. Uh, you <laughs> saying uh, you can get my number from Hinata is a 100 percent uh, cool wingman moment. <laughs> like he's he's totally doing that for her. 
But also, he's just like, I don't want you to think I was here dating a girl. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, we end on that very fun chapter that um, uh, because I started reading the next chapter by accident uh, does not even have an arc break. Uh, I... (laughs) It's just God's child. Oh, and yes, thus brings us to the end of our reading. Uh, so, uh, favorite character? Um, gosh, that's a that's a question. Uh, Akari. I yeah, no, no. I I think uh, without without uh, preamble, Akari. She she's um <laughs> she's fun. Uh, she she hasn't had the trauma dump that I know is coming. <laughs> like. <laughs> Like I, I can sense it just from like the beat of the manga. I know it's coming. Well, but... I mean, we there is the strong implication that the family is only pretending to get as long as well as they are because like we did have that scene where Hinata had to excuse herself to go cry by a bridge. Yeah, and Akari's got like double the workload. So Akari's got a uh, a bit of the toxic positivity about her, mm-hmm. and and which so... makes her interesting. Exactly. It's very much she gives me the sort of vibes of smile through the pain. Mm-hmm. Well, she also breaks down crying a couple times. Does yeah. uh, does Akari also have the problem with men at her job, or am I remembering another character from another manga? That's I think you're in... remembering another character from yeah. another manga. She that has explicitly said. Yeah, she has a bit of a playful relationship with one of Ray's friends, where like he. He, th- he, like, cru- he he's crushing on her hard. Well, well, she's a she's a hostess, so um, that's her job. Yeah, like like she she you know water off a duck's back. But if that came up at some point, that wouldn't shock me. But it's not come up yet. But yeah, uh, she she is um, definitely uh, the character that I found to be the most um, immediately compelling. Uh, I found every character to be interesting in time. I think my biggest problem with this manga is that uh, it boy, howdy, does it spend a long time winding up to the backstory? <laughs> you know, Akari was my favorite character. Uh, Matt, how about you? Um, I really want to say Ray, but I God, I feel like we know nothing about him because he's so guarded. Mm hmm. Um, see, so a character I actually really enjoyed. Uh, Hinata. Hinata's great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's pretty great. And that was fun. Uh, Jay, how about you? Because I really feel that I didn't have a particular singular favorite. I I would say that initially I was going to say Ray, but then I don't know. I, I know I, I I know he is definitely experiencing some inner conflict, but that's not the reason I would say he's not my favorite. So for the record, my favorite I'd have to say is Akari. I find her. I'm curious about her struggle and her backstory and how she's been able to kind of brave the day, put a face on to, you know, raise support a household and raise her two sisters and be so loving and, you know, be that person who literally takes in strays. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she would have to be my favorite character. I'm, I'm curious about her as well. All right. And Jacob. It's kind of weird for me because this is very much a a case where my favorite character isn't someone who, like, I like. Because if you go by that metric, it's hard not to say Akari. But um, my favorite character, I think, was probably Kyoko. She is just so, like, she steals the show whenever she's on page. She is so vicious. She is so... Which is impressive because she's rarely on page. She has such a verve to her. And... 
like she has She's blonde. So, she okay, hang on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh, but yeah, no, like she has such a massive narrative presence for how little she's like literally. I mean, like we've only seen her in flashbacks and it feels like she is like a ghost permeating the whole thing. Um, You know, I mean, like she's not obviously the cause of, you know, Ray's problems, but like she seems to loom large in the dark places of his mind. And I don't know, like, like I said, it's like a train wreck you can't look away from, like. All right. Um, thoughts about the manga. I feel like this question might be a little redundant considering the, <laughs> the, the, the structure of the episode. So we kind of gave our thoughts throughout. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, uh, I, mean I, I think I, if, if I had to denouement my own opinions, it would be. Eventually, I got into it. And I think the manga spent a bit too much time dallying in like the dark hints of Ray's tragic background. What actually is his problem? Why is the sad boy sad? Yeah, and, uh, that's kind of where I am, Sam, because like, we've read 13 chapters, which is 13 weeks, which is like a little over three months. Uh-huh. And... <laughs> I don't know. Like, if I was reading this week to week, I would definitely feel strung along at some points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, like, especially with the random, like, genre swings, cause, like, it goes from melancholy drama to slice of life cute to shonen, a sports manga thing. Whoa. Yeah. Like, I think you mentioned earlier, like, uh, Nakaido mm-hmm. feels. Every time he's on screen, it feels like a different manga entirely. Like he he's drawn so differently. He's like the All Might, but <laughs> it it but it's not serving the theme. That's a, a place where I'll disagree because to me the genre swings are part of what made it feel authentic to me. Because when you're when you're in a headspace like that, your mind doesn't work linearly. <laughs> you know you you know you can just sink into hideous melancholy that is just like dude you're fine get over it but like it feels like that level of of uh drama to you and then you know the next day you're just having a normal day where wacky shenanigans are happening as much as i definitely uh will continue to compliment like the the heart and the feeling and the sincerity of this uh, it does feel that it's I, I do feel like it's very personal. And uh, to some extent, I do feel that perhaps. The fictionalized aspects of it, so like, you know, the the degree of sad backstory versus the degree of how OK he actually is, despite himself, I feel like that was pushed way too far to the point where it strains credulity. And like, that's the reason why I I can't really embrace the manga wholeheartedly. Because there is the part where it's like, this is also a linear narrative being told to me, and it feels unbelievable despite how sincere it is. Like, his entire family is a bunch of wicked stepmothers? Really? All of the people currently in his life are actual saints? Really? Like, like, I'm with you in uh, appreciating it for the the genuine like depictions of you know hardcore depression 
but like I, <sighs> the vibe is there, but the nuts and bolts narrative isn't. It doesn't make for good reading. <laughs> yeah, like it's a really good depiction of someone with depression. Just I don't feel like the story is enticing me to want yeah. to explore yeah. his depression. Like, like the char- um, like like the characters and the vibe is there, but the story is not. Like um, Lou Period had that really good arc about his depression. Mm. And it was about him getting through it. At, you know, and even if you don't get out of your depression, you still have so a you journey. Think it, so you think it's more of the pacing? Like, this just feels very drawn out? No, because I, I feel like maybe the pacing, it, it's a slow burn. And I think it's going for a slow burn. So I don't want to say that the manga's done anything wrong. This feels well constructed. Just Not your cup of tea? I feel like it's going for a slow burn and it might even just be trying to linger in depression. Mm-hmm. I don't think it I don't think it has any real motivation to talk about getting out of depression. I think it, it could be more, like more like living and dealing with depression instead of like I'm I'm cured or whatever. The vibe know? I'm getting from all the characters involved is kind of like depression and like trauma and uh, grief is a better way to phrase that. Grief mm-hmm. is something that sticks with you and never really goes away away. it will sometimes just flare up and it Mm -hmm. will it's always going to be there and this is just finding the joy in life outside of moments of grief yeah and this is something that's personal to me um i've experienced myself and relatives of mine have experienced grief and we have talked about how people will say um oh you'll move past this or you'll get over it and then there was someone i don't quite remember i think they were another relative who says you never get over or move past you just learn how to manage and deal with it 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 lives with you yes mm-hmm. yeah and i i guess i'm i'm not sure what's motivating me to read a story about just living with grief but i'm not saying that's not something that should exist i'm not saying that's a bad narrative i'm just mm-hmm. not finding any personal motivation yeah i i mean my I will say, I will say the one thing I will criticize about it is I do think that the highs and the lows are pushed a little bit too mm-hmm. far. Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, that kind of transitions into the would you continue reading? And my personal take on that is I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't complain if we came back to it. I don't think I'd read it on my own, but I I certainly feel that like when this uh, there are there are people out there who are this manga's audience. And when you find it, it will be a very challenging and very rewarding experience for you because it is like the whole way through. I'm like, oh boy, this is somebody, this is somebody spilling their guts. This is very personal. And this isn't my experience with grief. So I have this like disconnect with it where I I feel like a voyeuristic outsider to this journey. Mm-hmm. But like, mm-hmm. if you are, if you are, if that is, if that is your experience with grief, oh boy, I I can't imagine how uh like invested you know you could get in this because, mm-hmm. but but for a few small problems, it's it's really sincere. Yeah, yeah, that's that's sort of my take on it too. Like, I've I don't really see myself reading this in any context outside of doing it for the podcast because i i did enjoy it you know getting the chance to analytically discuss it i think discussing it was more fun than reading it yeah (laughs) one thousand percent matt Matt here i'm also um 
I, I normally hate this as a review system, but I also would not continue reading, but would for the podcast because I, I am acknowledging this is well made and there is meaning to talking about it further, but I have no personal interest to continue <laughs> reading this. And Jay, how about you? Fence. Um, I, first of all, I just wanted to comment since, and I really like how this is depicted. I like the art. Mm. I'm a sucker for art. Um, there were some green, very green grabs that were just beautiful. And I just love the way they were depicted, the angles, the perspective. Um, sometimes some characters, when they're really trying to focus in, I believe it was Kyoko, that one um, sketch of her that was in a slightly different, a slightly different style. It was really interesting. So um, I just wanted to mention that. Um, but I kind of have to agree with what has already been said. It is, it is not really, I feel like I'm watching someone else's story and I'm kind of, as I believe it was Sam who said, it's like you are like a voyeur watching someone else's journey. And it's interesting, but I don't think if it were i would i would pick this up you know myself and say oh i need to follow this every week or i really just need to binge this manga it's so it's so captivating i wonder where the story will go yeah. but i would you know definitely continue reading if it were if it came up on uh the recommendations i i do think this is a very valuable piece um i think it's a very well constructed story um, I theorize that it could perhaps be a self-insert or at least someone close relation to the author. But again, it does, at least for myself, it, it does not spark joy. Yeah, one thing mm. I noticed is that uh, in like a little, uh, a lot of the little asides, um, apparently the mangaka uh, consulted with an actual shogi expert and that shogi expert you know, will then, you know, fill in some like shogi details that the manga itself isn't particularly interested in because uh, yeah. this manga doesn't care a lot about shogi. And um, uh, how do you uh, how do you feel about all the shogi scenes being played out in a panel, just showing you the game board and then explaining <laughs> to you what the moves were? I'm like, I I glazed over that so hard. <laughs> like, well, the, I, the thing I at least felt like Chihayafuru wanted me to understand. Korea. Understand. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, uh, well, what I took away from it is uh there seems to have been a lot of like inspiration from like real world people. Like a lot of these characters are based off of real Shogi masters with their own unique stories. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's, it was kind of, uh, that was kind of cool seeing, you know, the parallels, uh, described. That's March comes in like a lion. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you everyone. Once again, for tuning into the over manga cast, as always, you can find us on all of your social medias where we are at over manga cast. Did you think we insulted a beautiful piece of art that you love and we apparently hated, I guess, was your takeaway from that very informed review? Uh, go ahead and flame us at OverMangaCast on social media platforms that may have changed names recently. I'm not going to tell you what or date the episode in any way. Uh, you can also email us, which is always going to be reliable, OverMangaCast at gmail.com. Or, you know what? Slightly less reliable, but equally as fun. Uh, we have OverMangaCast.com, and you can just go ahead, little comment section at the bottom of every single page, and hopefully you're listening to this episode on it right now. Uh, go down there. Tell us we're wrong. Tell us we should have really enjoyed this, because I guess your takeaway was we didn't. Matt, stop strawmanning, and make sure to follow us on YouTube, where you can like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, next in our reading, we will be reading One Piece.
Never uh-huh. heard of it. Sounds one like piece. junk. The One Piece. <laughs> Chapters one through seven. The One Piece is real. And we'll <laughs> see you all next Thursday. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night, everybody. I said good night, but I lied. My co-host didn't understand. I was the kookaburra sitting in the old gum tree, eating all the gumdrops I could see. And they'd say, stop, kookaburra, stop. But I left none for them. Gum gum rocket?